Welcome to the Bishop Strickland Hour. My name is Terry Barber, and I'm always honored to be here once a week with the good bishop to teach us the faith. I learn a lot from him, and Bishop Strickland, thanks for, for doing what you do as a successor of the Apostle. Thanks, Terry. God bless you. Now, we cover the Catechism of the Catholic Church. We're under right now, what, Article 3 of Social Justice. We're going to get to that. But also your tweets that you're doing. I uh, There's so many good tweets. I don't I don't get to all of them, but I would encourage people to go to uh, how to get tweets. How can people get tweets from you? What's your your, your um, well, code? Bishop of Tyler. There you go. That's it. All right, that's it. Now, I love my first tweet that you, you did. You did this, uh, and I love Justice Scalia, and you quoted him. And put your seatbelts on, folks. This, this is a quote that should be, uh, like, mandatory for all of us Catholics to say, hey, these are our marching orders. He says this, God assumed from the beginning that the wise of this world would view Christians as fools. And he has not been disappointed. I laughed off my chair. I thought that was a great, great comment. And then he says, if I have brought any message today, it is this. A powerful. Put your seatbelt on. He says, have the courage to have your wisdom regarded as stupidity. Be fools for Christ, like St. Paul says. And have the courage to suffer the contempt of the sophisticated world. Bishop Strickland, I think you are a good example when people say, Bishop Strickland, stop talking about the deposit of faith. Bishop Strickland, you know, can't you just, you know, be quiet? And I see what the um, Justice Supreme Court, former Justice Supreme Court is saying. It seems very a biblical principle. Your thoughts? Well, I agree. I think it's a, it's a principle of our faith. And, and what we need to remember, Terry, Tell me. And I always try to remind myself, this is good news. It's a joyful message. Amen. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. It is not some dour, drag us down, heavy and, and draining message. Yes, it's challenging. Okay. It's, I don't live up to it, and really no human being can claim to fully live up to it. Even the saints were sinners. And I'm a sinner. I'm weak. But the truth is joyful. It's fulfilling. It's a message of joy and hope and light. It is not some sort of noxious burden. The way, the way people treat it is really the opposite of what it is. The truth allows us to breathe freely, allows us to flourish, allows us to unburden ourselves of anything that is false and broken. And because all of that, all that is false and broken is not of God. The truth is God. And when we engage more and more deeply in the truth, we're really more and more alive. Amen. That's what um, Justice Scalia is getting at, is the world rejects the truth because of concupiscence, because we're a broken, sinful world. The story of Adam and Eve explains that, where we got off track, thankfully, the story of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, tells us where we got back on track, or at least have that option. Um, we have free will to choose to flourish in God's truth. And that's what we need to continue to remind people of and to joyfully share the good news. That's what gospel means. It's good news for 
all humanity. And we just need to stay with it, patiently, joyfully sharing the news that, yes, is going to be rejected over and over again because we step away from God. We make ourselves God and we do ourselves harm. We do the world harm and all the sins that burden us become the commonplace. We need to trust in the good news that sets us free. Amen to that. Wow, that's such a great quote. Bishop Strickland, you also tweeted the little flowers quote, and I I hadn't really thought of this quote. I remember it years ago because of the content about souls going to hell like snowflakes from Our Lady of Fatima's quote. But here's what it says in the tweet. You said, a woman of true faith, let us heed her wise words. (laughs) Yeah, she's a doctor of the church. (laughs) Here's what she said. We have only a short moments of this life to work for the gl- for God's glory. The devil knows this, and that is why he tries to make us waste time in useless things. I needed to hear that. He, she says, oh, let us not waste our time. Let us save souls. Souls are falling into hell innumerably as the flakes of a snow on a winter day. Jesus weeps instead of consoling him we are brooding over our own sorrows. Wow. Go ahead and comment on that quote. Wow. Well, she's just reminding us what, what life is about mm-hmm. and to, uh, to embrace the, the goodness of life that God offers us constantly and um, to, to do our best to turn from sin, which ultimately is destructive, to the happiness and the life that God wants to share with us. Well said. I love these uh, tweets because they're so short and to the point. Uh, Here's another uh, tweet. You said, amen, let us continue to introduce people to Jesus. (laughs) Evangelize in spite of scandal. I love it. Here's what the quote says. Being a Christian is not an ethical choice or a lofty idea, but the encounter with an event, a person, which gives life a new horizon and a decisive direction. Pope Benedict XVI said that. Your thoughts? Well, I think the the thing that really appealed to me about that quote from Pope Benedict is it's about a person. It's about a real person, the second person of the Trinity, God's eternal son, but also a real man who lived on this planet for 33 years. I just spoke to a group of young people last night here for a a pro-life conference and reminded them that everything that God gives us is a blessing and we come from God. He wants us to flourish. And I think that that's what what we need to remember, um, that life is not... Yes, it can become burdensome because we live in a very imperfect world. We're very imperfect people. But the truth really does set us free. And we need to embrace it and share it. And embracing the truth is embracing Jesus Christ, a real Son of God who is with us in the sacraments, especially in the Eucharist, with us in his word, and who really lived among us. Really, Terry... Um, ironically, I think that the, all the 
the question and the the heartache that we see about people Catholics by not believing in the Blessed Sacrament and not treating it, treating him present in the Blessed Sacrament with the utmost respect. Um, I, I believe that the Lord is using that to wake us up, maybe not all of us, but to wake many of us up to what a treasure it is and what a wonderful God, plan God has for us. Mm. He so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son, not just 2,022 years ago, but at every moment since he's giving us his son. We only have to choose to recognize his presence among us and to live in the light that he brings to the world. So I think we really need to reawaken to what Pope Benedict says in that Jesus is the person that we have to embrace, he is truth incarnate, and he's with us. Amen. He is present in our world. Let us turn to him. Listen to his word. Listen to the guidance of his church. Quit trying to change the world in our image yeah. and be willing to be changed in his image. Yeah. It's a much more fulfilling, much more joy-filled destiny to be changed into the image of God. We're already created in his image, but it's like we're, I love the, uh, the image that comes to mind for me is Michelangelo said that he could see something like the Pietà captured in the stone, that beautiful work of art that is timeless, captures a mother holding the body of her dead son her son happens to be Jesus Christ in that image of art. But Michelangelo said that he could see as an artist, it was his job to set free that image captured in stone. It's our job to, to let God, the artist, set free the wondrous work of art that all of us are called to be if we'll just listen to God's truth and be guided by it. I love it. It reminds me of what Pope Benedict said years ago about the gospel. He said, there's nothing more beautiful than to be surprised by the gospel, by the encounter with Jesus Christ. There's nothing more beautiful than to know him and to speak to others about our friendship with him. You know, Bishop Strickland, that's what we try to do every week here. We're not talking about you personally or myself. It's all about Jesus Christ. And so I think that uh, this is very, very important. Hey, before we take a break, I want to give a good news story. Air Force COVID jab mandate temporarily blocked by personal seeking religious exemptions. This is a huge victory for our country and religious freedom. I know many of us, like myself, has been have been very vocal saying people should be able to uh, not make a decision whether they want the vaccine or not. And for me... Uh, because of the moral consequences, I said, no, I'm not going to do it. When we come back, Bishop, I'm going to ask you a couple other good news stories, and then we'll get back to your tweets. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Bishop Strickland Hour on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. My name is Terry Barber. 
And I just gave a good news story about the Air Force COVID jab mandate temporarily blocked by a federal court for the personal seeking religious exemptions. I've signed so many letters, Bishop Strickland, from people here uh, that um, it's nice to see the federal court is acknowledging that certain Christians have moral objections to the vaccine because of the tie-in with abortion. Now, I know you've gotten hot water because you made that point. You know, for me, another 10 years, even if it gave me 10 years of life, I'm not going to compromise what I believe my moral conscience says. So I I just want to say it's good news that one of the major branches of the military is acknowledging that we do have objections to this. So there you go. It it is good news. And the freedom of conscience is something that we need to really speak up about because it's too easily taken away. And that's one of our most basic freedoms. Yeah, it's right in the catechism. Another good news story, Catholic uh, stewardess on, uh, well, it was Southwest Airlines and I fly a lot on Southwest. Um, The uh, flight attendant was fired for her pro-life view. She was one of those first century Christians who said, no, I'm going to go against the culture. I'm going to stand for life. And uh, she sued her employer. And uh, believe it or not, she won. So she's got her job back. And uh, the, the uh, $5.1 million damage suit goes against the Southwest Airlines. I'll continue to fly on it. But uh, the point I'm making is Christians need to say, hey, wait a minute. I'm not going to be abused by my pro-life stance. I'm not going to. Uh, it's not fair for me to be fired because I believe in the sanctity of life. And thanks be to God, we still live in a country where, you know, we can go to court and have our say. So there you go. Another good story, Bishop Strickland. Absolutely. All right. Hey, this is a story in Germany. You've tweeted a lot about the challenges of the church in uh, Germany. And every attack on pro-life, whether it's in Germany or America or wherever we have to stand up, whether it's in China, uh, you said we cannot remain silent. And I quoted you today on our show, to Terry and Jesse's show, where you said we cannot remain silent as others advocate for national policies for murdering, and I like that, that's what it is, unborn children. This is a worldwide plague and must be denounced vigorously. Bishop Strickland, and amen to that. And I, I say that because what you were referring to is a leading laywoman, a co-president of the German Sedano Way, calls what? She has a leading woman. She calls for the German what, Senator Way that is demanding that abortion be made available nationwide. And, and I say to myself, this is scandal, Bishop Strickland, when Catholics who should know better, uh, and I'm going to actually say it's scandalous, and I pray for the clergy and the hierarchy in Germany because their job is to confirm us in our faith. And if you don't speak out on the unborn, you're missing a big segment of the church and the most vulnerable members of our church. So I just want to say thank you for calling them out in a nice charitable way. Thanks, Terry. Yeah. We've we've got to do it. Yeah. And um, for this woman, you know, yeah. being part of the synodal way of, of in Germany yeah. and promoting abortion, we just need to call it out yep. charitably and yeah. clearly. But we've got to speak up for the truth that is Jesus Christ. Just going back to Pope Benedict's quote. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a person. Amen. We're living in relationship with the Lord of truth that is Jesus Christ. So standing up for the truth 
is standing up for Jesus Christ. And through the ages, many saints have done that to the point of death. Yeah. And we have to be willing. I mean, all we're doing is talking at this point. Yeah. Maybe it'll escalate beyond that. If it does, we pray for the strength to continue to stand for the truth, yep. no matter what the resistance. And the resistance is, as um, we were talking a moment ago, the resistance has been powerful, just like in that Judge Alito yes. quote. The resistance has been powerful for, since the dawn of time. Mm -hmm. People don't want the truth. But we've got to teach it, speak it lovingly. It's the greatest way to love is to speak truth Amen. to whomever, to an authority that is missing the truth, to an individual, to a nation, to a church, to whomever is losing the truth. The charitable, loving thing to do is to speak up and say, I'm sorry, brother or sister or brother and sister. Mm -hmm. You're wrong. Yep. We've got to stand with the truth. And, and that follows right your next tweet where you said, let's follow Jesus. And this tweet, I'd never seen this before, but it's so true, Bishop Strickland. It says, Jesus fed 5,000, right? But only 500 followed him after that lunch. And then he says, he had 12 disciples, but only three went further into the garden. And only one stood with him at the cross. The closer you get to the cross, the smaller the crowd becomes. Now, I want your response because Bishop Fisher is another example of this point. He was the only bishop who stood in England. So I guess what I'm hearing, Bishop Strickland, this gives me inspiration to say, I need to stand up. Is that pretty much what you did, why you wanted this to go out in a tweet? Absolutely. It, it, in that simple tweet, yeah. very, it's sort of cleverly stated. Yeah. But it states a profound truth. and. Yeah. And there are too many movements in the world and in the church today. Oh, let's go with the crowd. Let's yeah. go with the world. Let's go with the big numbers. And what that simple quote reminds us, Jesus didn't go for the big numbers. Nope. He said, if people don't receive the message that you bring them, the good news that he brings from his father, shake the dust of their town from your feet and move on. Not to attack, not to belittle or in any way denigrate the individual who is uh, ignoring the truth, but not to say, well, okay, we'll kind of collapse on this and we'll collapse on that and we'll compromise over here. We've got to stand with the truth. Amen. And that's the greatest service, really, the greatest love for even those who don't want the truth is to simply continue to calmly, joyfully, forthrightly proclaim it. And that's what we have to do. Yep. Wow. Well, you just uh, nailed it. And your next tweet talks about the source and summit of the Christian life, the Holy Eucharist. And you quote one of the my models of uh, Saint, Saint Maximian Colby. I was at his canonization, and I'm a Knight of the Immaculata. And you quote this. Uh, you said, uh, you're quoting a saint, St. Maximilian Kolbe says, Eucharistic adoration is the greatest power in the universe. <laughs> More than the sun, yep, capable of transforming us and changing the face of the world. Bishop Strickland, I read his life, uh, St. Maximilian Kolbe, when he was in Nicopacaloma in Poland, there were a thousand monks. It was one of the largest Franciscan monasteries ever. 
And all those guys would be in adoration, Eucharistic adoration. Can you imagine that? These are the same guys that had one set of sandals for, for, for three different people. They didn't have, they never lived in poverty. And I think, I think, and I'm just giving you my take on this Eucharistic adoration, it seems that when you get too many goods in your life, you know, the gadgets that we have, the distractions that we have, ball games we can go to. I'm not against going to a ball game, but what I'm trying to convey is these things can take us away what was most important in us, our prayer life. So Eucharistic adoration is such an important thing. What made you want to quote this great saint on that topic? Well, as you've said, Terry, Eucharistic adoration People ask me, you know, where do you get the strength or what makes you yeah. speak up so much? Yeah. It's because of, of Christ present in the Eucharist. Amen. And if, if we really believe he's there, yeah. the Lord of the universe is there present in a mysterious way, but in a real way. If we really believe that, it makes absolute sense what St. Maximilian Colby said, yeah. that you know, it's the greatest power. He is the power of the universe. He is Lord of all. To have him there humbly present to us yes. in veiled and consecrated bread, it's just mind-boggling the, the power source that is there if we just pay attention. And we, we have to pray for all the bishops and priests and all the ordained, Bishop, priest, and deacons, though they're the three levels of ordination, if you're ordained, you're either ordained a deacon, a priest, or a bishop, and a bishop is called the fullness of holy orders. Yep. So we need to pray for all the ordained, deacon, priest, and bishops, to be the ones who lead the priestly church, the royal priesthood that is the, the church, the body of Christ. We need to lead them in plugging in to the greatest power source we have, and that is Jesus Christ present in the Eucharist. Amen. Can I make a small suggestion to our radio audience? Just try it. I like you. They say that, you know, try a drink, try this drink, you'll like it. No, you're going to like making a 15-minute, 10-minute visit, even if you just stop in for five minutes or on the way home from work. So many people have told me this, Bishop Strickland, that they did, well, you know, I tried it. And now every day I come home from work, I go by a church, I pull in, I come and see Jesus, I talk to him about my day, I thank him for my day, and my I just am so much more fulfilled by adoring Jesus. And these people tell me, first I started five minutes, 15 minutes, now they're doing a weekly holy hour in addition to their visits. Why? Because the Eucharist, it's not, it's, it's not brain surgery, it's Jesus Christ, what do you expect? Okay, so there you have it. Bishop Strickland, I know we got time for this before the break comes. Oh, yeah, we got two minutes. You quoted this. Truth is our greatest gift wow. and our greatest strength. Boy, to share truth is to love God in every person. In church and state, business, family, lies destroyed. Truth binds. The most loving thing a person can do for another is to share the truth. Jesus Christ is is the face of truth. Share that. You just gave the answer to our church's mission, but go ahead. I'm, I'm going to ask why you did that. Well, because it is our church's mission. <laughs> Jesus Christ, again, talking about it all begins to fit together. Yeah. 
Jesus Christ is truth incarnate. He's present in the Eucharist. So to share the truth is the greatest act of love and charity. And to ignore the truth or to twist the truth, really, we have to say, becomes a, a great act of, of hatred, really, to, to not share the truth with another. When we know the truth, yeah. but for political reasons or because it's not the popular thing, or maybe we can, we can make a lot more money or whatever the motive is, if we say, you know, I know the truth, but I'm not going to share it because it's to my advantage, apparently, to to share something that's false because I'll I'll gain more followers or more people will listen or things will calm down because there won't be the divisions in the world. We've got to share the truth. And that's what that tweet tries to capture. And the scriptures say the truth will set us free. And I remember what Bishop Sheen said, if souls are saved, everything is saved. If souls are not saved, nothing is saved. We'll come right back with more on the Bishop Strickland Hour on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. Boy, we got a lot of good food for thought here. Bishop Strickland, the last tweet before we get into the catechism, you said this, and I, I think this is, needs to be communicated well because sometimes we're really tired, but when this Supreme Court decision came over for the protection of the unborn to have it, each state decide rather than just a national policy of abortion, it seemed to really fire up the pro-life people, and it's exciting that that's doing that. But here's what you said, may we never tire... Never tire of offering your heart contrite and humble to Jesus. Never tire of resolving to turn from sin with a firm purpose of amendment, seeking deeper virtue in Jesus. Never tire of forgiving those who revile and reject you because you follow Jesus. Never tire. Your thoughts? Well, I think that says it. We we do grow weary. We grow tired. Yeah. I do. All of us do. Yeah. But we need to support each other and, and take up that cross, that, that tired path, and just continue. And to rekindle the joy of knowing how much God loves us and how much he wants for us um, if we will just be faithful and continue to follow his son and to live in his life. And thankfully, when we do grow tired and maybe we lay it down for a moment, we, we get lazy. God is there in his mercy to forgive us, to give us another opportunity. So we should never give up on ourselves or anyone else because we did grow tired. Um, but we need to continually rekindle that hope and joy and light that comes from Jesus Christ. Amen. I'd like to ask everybody to open up their catechisms of the Catholic Church to paragraph 1934. We're talking about the social justice teachings of the Church, and what's really beautiful is it's very, very beautifully written, each paragraph, on the respect for human life and the equality of people, and it just shows who we are. This is why we can never, I mean, even our enemies we can't treat them 
in a way that disrespects their dignity. So here's what paragraph 1934 says. Created in the image of the one God, equally endowed with rational souls, all men have the same nature and the same origin. Redeemed by the sacrifice of Christ, all are called to participate in the same divine beatitude. All, therefore, enjoy an equal dignity. Okay, I got it. Let's hear about it, universal call. I'm all ears. Well, it, it says profoundly yeah. what we need to embrace and believe and live as fully as we can. Recognizing, um, I mean, the, the title of this section, that 1934 mm -hmm. is the first, Equality and Differences Among Men. Yep. Look at all the the division and the vitriol and the the terrible things mm. that happen in the world, in our society today, um, reacting to those questions of equality and differences. This says so clearly and so beautifully that we are equally endowed with rational souls. All men have the same nature and the same origin. Redeemed by the sacrifice of Christ, all are called to participate in the same divine beatitude. All, therefore, enjoy an equal dignity. Equal dignity is something that we really need to promote throughout the world, in, in our governments, in our schools, in our churches, equal dignity. There are many questions about the dignity of persons, mm. and this reminds us of that baseline that we all need to return to. All the differences that are real, that divide us, tend to make us see one group or somebody sees the group we're in as lacking in dignity. But this paragraph reminds us of a very basic foundation that we need to reinstate in our society at every level. Think about this just in the context of a family. Yeah. The man and the woman have equal dignity. Amen. Every child has equal dignity. There's no dividing line that, well, the man has more dignity than the woman or the woman than the man. No, it's equal dignity. And if we can start there, we can begin to build a stronger family and then stronger communities and then continue f from there. It's challenging because sometimes even the individual doesn't believe in their equal dignity. But this reminds us it comes from God. That's He's the source of our dignity. We're all different. We all have disabilities and we have abilities. We have things that we can accomplish and we have things that are simply beyond us. But God has created us with an equal dignity and we need to, the laws in our states and the teachings in our churches need to reflect that reality that we share an equal dignity. And there's much to be done con that continues to be a need where people are denigrated because of a certain judgment of a society. We all have equal dignity, and we need to 
return to that basic foundation. Well said. I put in my uh, catechism uh, that includes the born and the unborn, all of us. And that's why this is such a tragedy, because our church teaches that everyone has a dignity. And I think that, uh, yeah, that applies to the unborn, obviously. Paragraph 1935. The equality of men rests essentially on their dignity as persons and the rights that flow from it. There's the rights. Every form of social or cultural discrimination is fundamental personal rights on the grounds of sex, race, color, and social condition, language, or religion must be curbed and eradicated as incompatible with God's design. Says it all there. Yep, from Gaudium et Spes. Yep. Um, and it, I mean, really, Terry, what strikes me is if we could just, everyone in this nation, if we suddenly all read this and say, you know, that's true. How many differences would it make in how we treat each other, in how we live together, every form of social or cultural discrimination in fundamental personal rights on the grounds of sex, race, color, social conditions, yeah. language, or religion must be curbed and eradicated. That's freedom. Yes. That's what we're called to. And the, the, the divisions that we have really flow from forgetting this basic truth. And the, the last two words, yeah. I think, are probably the most important. It's God's design. Yeah. That's what we need to wake up to and return to. This, this nation was founded by people who were seeking God's design. Mm -hmm. Not perfect. It's, it certainly has a history of imperfection, but we need to just keep back going back to what is God's design? What is God's plan for us as individuals and for the human community? Refocusing on God's design rather than our own design and making ourselves God, that's a fundamental change that needs to happen for us to begin to take care of the, the rights that are not held sacred on the grounds of sex, race, color, social conditions, language, or religion. There's so many ways that that doesn't happen. We have to return to God's design in order to help make it happen. Well said. I remember a friend of mine, Alex Jones, who was an African-American convert to the Catholic faith, and he gave his conversion story, and he said, the truth has no color. In other words, it's universal. And I think that your key about God's design, this is why we say that prayer, thy will be done according, thy will be done, not my will. And this is the key, I think, what you just said, in the whole church and in the whole world, let's don't do it a democratic way. Let's don't do it the Republican way. Let's always say, what's God's design? What's God's way? If we keep that as our number one focus, I think we could turn this around. That's my take. All right, paragraph 19. Let's see, do I have time? I don't think so. Yeah, I do. 1936. On coming into the world, man is not equipped with everything he needs for developing his bodily and spiritual life. He needs others. Differences appear tied to age, physical abilities, intellectual, 
or moral aptitudes. The benefit derived from social commerce and the distribution of wealth, the talents are not distributed equally. Yeah, I, I love this paragraph. Go ahead. I want to hear your thoughts on that one. <laughs> well, it just reminds us. Yeah. I think that the basic foundation for this is to remember what the other paragraph said, uh, paragraph said mm -hmm. that we are equal in dignity. Exactly. That's this paragraph is reminding us, yes, we're equal in dignity, but we're not equipped with the same abilities. That's and we need to just accept that. Acknowledge it, man. Everyone, that's, that's part of the beauty, really. Yeah. Every person is different. Right. If we were equal in dignity and equal in every single way, equal in all of our abilities, we would just be carbon copies of each other. And it would be pretty boring. Exactly. You wouldn't have the differences that make us creative, that make us able to, when we're getting it right, to use those differences to build a better world, a better society. So these, these paragraphs really come to the, the heart of a lot of the challenges we face in the world today. I love it. And I think of that because the world says everybody is equal, but not in the sense of what God says, in the sense that everybody gets a trophy. No, if you can run faster than the other guy, then you're quicker. Let's acknowledge that, but you might not be able to do something better than that person. We'll come right back with the Catechism of the Catholic Church on the Bishop Strickland Hour. Stay with us, family. Wow, I love this paragraph. I read it during the break, 1937, Catechism of the Catholic Church. It says, the differences belong to God's plan. Oh, my goodness, that's right. Mm. He, made, he made me six foot five. No, he made me five foot four. <laughs> so here it comes. The differences belong to God's plan. Who wills that each receive what he needs from others? And that those endowed with particular talents share the benefits with those who need them. Beautiful. These differences encourage and often oblige persons to practice generosity, kindness, sharing of goods. They foster the mutual enrichment of cultures. That right there in itself says a lot, Bishop Strickland. Wow. It does. And it speaks so much to, sadly, what is so broken in our time. We've yes. forgotten this. We've turned away from it. Yeah. We're trying to create the world in our image, yeah. and it's a very diminished image. Well said. And I think there's a quote from St. Catherine of Siena. Did I get that right? Yeah. Where, yeah. She, I mean, this quote, I never read this from her before, so I must have missed it when I read this catechism before. It says, I distribute the virtues uh, quite diversely. I do not give all of them to each person. But some to one, some to others, I shall give principally charity to one, justice to another, humility to one, wow, a living faith to that one. And so I have given many gifts and graces, both spiritual and temporal, with such diversity that I have not given everything to one single person, so that you may be constrained to practice charity towards one another. I have willed that the one should need another 
and that all should be my ministers in distributing the graces and gifts they have received from me. Oh, my goodness. Your thoughts on that, Saint? Wow. Yeah, she really nailed it. Captures the the truth that we need to remember and that everyone has something to offer. Yeah. And everyone has something they need. Right. That's that's God's design for us to live in the human family. Right. And uh, for economies. And I mean, we can take that all the way through the, the relationships of nations. Yes. We would just listen to God's plan, God's design. His design is for us to flourish. And when we ignore his design, we diminish our ability to flourish. I think that's what St. Catherine of Siena is ultimately saying. Well, and paragraph 1938 goes right there, what you just said. There exists also sinful inequalities that affect millions of men and women. These are in open contradiction to the gospel. And here's the quote. Their equality, dignity as persons demand that we strive for fairer and more human conditions. Excessive economic, social disparity between individuals and people of one human race is a source of scandal and militates against the social justice equality of human dignity as well as social and international peace. Great advice for the world. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. And sadly, we see, I mean, as you read these paragraphs, we can see why. I mean, it just makes sense, sadly, the divisions that we have, the wars that go on, the the violence of one people toward another, and then even individual senseless violence attacking people. It's all rooted in having forgotten this truth and almost boastfully saying we we've turned from god we we've, yeah. we've got this we're we're running the world ourselves and sadly we're running it into the ground yeah well and you know what i thought of bishop st john paul ii one of his documents was unbridled capitalism and he talked about selfishness you know we have a great system don't there's no perfect system here in america or anywhere else in the world but we can abuse the free enterprise system by manipulating it in a very selfish way. So I think the Holy Father is saying unbridled capitalism is wrong. And he's absolutely right. A lot of my friends who who love capitalism, I do, I love free enterprise, but it can be abused. And so I think, yeah, I think that this is the message many of us who have been blessed, like myself, that I have a moral obligation to share my blessings with my brothers and sisters who don't have the things I have. And, you know, uh, this is something that has been the Catholic Church teachings from day one. If you remember, as Bishop Strickland constantly says, we have to be first century Christians. And, you know, the zeal they had to convert the world was just phenomenal, but it was because they were radical about following Jesus. And I think that message needs to be heard today in the church and in the world. Absolutely. Well, Bishop Strickland, we just have a couple minutes. I know you did something on a tweet about, and I don't have it in front of me, but I saw the partial of the video talking about how we need to get back to God. And it was a, it was kind of like a warning. Does that ring a bell? There's a video you were promoting on, a, I think it was a, um, 
Maybe it was your blog. It was it the Precious Blood blog? Does that ring a bell to you for the month of July? Mm, not no? sure. Okay, uh, no problem. I reason, the reason I bring that up is I thought I saw that and I didn't watch it all. But I just want to take the last couple minutes here to talk also about your institute, the St. Philip Institute, because I've been going to that and just looking through things, and there's some great resources. So I kind of want to do that every show to promote it because – you know, you guys are doing great work there. Yeah, the St. Philip Institute really is uh, continuing to make progress and sharing the new, the good news of Jesus Christ, sharing the truth, evangelizing and catechizing. And, and joyfully, we have some great young people that are involved in the uh, Institute on the staff. It's a small team, but they're, they're doing a great job of getting basic truth out there that We've tended to forget, and uh, so I encourage everyone to just go to stphilipinstitute.org, Philip with one L, and it, it has a lot of resources and a lot of opportunity to continue to learn and to grow in our faith and our relationship with Jesus Christ. Well said, and I again, I want to encourage other people to do that also. We have a couple minutes left, and I, I'm just going to go back to something— that should encourage our listeners. You uh, tweeted something on Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, uh, that, uh, you know, talks about, may we never, you said, may we never tire, and you mentioned that, uh, of doing the right thing, but I, it's a quote that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I just think that that's one of those scripture verses that would be good when you get up in the morning and you say, I feel terrible, or I feel like, Give me my coffee, or I don't, I don't, I'm kind of hyper, so it doesn't, I don't do that. But many people tell me they get up and like, I got to face another day. Well, this verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, seems like a great quote to use for scripture every day. What, your, what are your thoughts on that, Bishop Strickland? Absolutely. And it reminds us that we, we're connected to Christ, mm-hmm. God's own Son. He's with us, and He does strengthen us. And that, I think we need to, even people of faith uh, that go to church regularly and are, are very much involved, we need to be reminded uh, we're not our own strength. No. We don't gain strength just from our own um, plans and our own abilities. Kind of going back to what these paragraphs talked about. We need each other. We need Christ. We need the strength of others that come it all comes from Christ and we need that expression of strength from others to help us and uh it i think that quote i can do all things in Christ who strengthens me is a reminder that we need to be people of hope as well there's a lot of burden in our world there's a lot of fear there's a lot of concern about where we're headed we have to remind ourselves, and I have to remind myself, I'm just like anybody else. We can all get down, mm-hmm. we can get burdened, we can get have a dark day, and I think we need to turn to the light and remember that it's God's world and God's church, and we're here to, to cooperate with His truth. We have to trust in God's divine plan and God's divine will in his divine design for all of us. 
Well said again. And again, I just want to remind everybody that many of these shows are are uh, on our podcast at vmpr.org. You can uh, check those out at any time and any other show that we produce here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And I'll just want to remind you, Bishop Strickland's on once a week. Bishop uh, Bishop Athanasius Snyder has agreed once a month to come on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I want to give a plug that I've been plugging for a couple months because you talked about the Holy Eucharist today, Bishop Strickland, and Bishop Joseph, uh, excuse me, jo- uh, Bishop Athanasius Snyder has come up with a book called The Catholic Mass that everybody I uh, have this book, they read it and they go, wow, I was missing so much from the Mass and I learned so much from the good bishop. So I want to recommend we keep a stock of these books at vmpr.org. And he has another book called The Springtime That Didn't Come, and it's questions and answers. And I love giving uh, the recommendation to go to get books by Bishop Snyder because he's a holy bishop, but he has a way of speaking the truth in a way that just is so attractive and shows the historical perspective on different aspects of the faith and the perennial teachings of the church. So I want to recommend anything by Bishop Athanasius Snyder. Pick it up. Go to vmpr.org, and you can get that online or you can just go to the Sophia Press publisher. I, I don't care if you go here or there because the most important point is you get the book and you read it. Because St. Alphonsus Liguori said it well, what one holy book can do to convert a soul. And we know St. Ignatius was converted at Manresa, reading the lives of the saints. And so I just want to recommend a book list. I know Bishop Strickland, you're a reader. I read books all the time because I want to learn more about my faith. How about a final blessing before we have to go, Bishop Strickland? Almighty God, we ask your blessing for Terry and myself, for all of us involved in this mm. radio program, to share your truth and to rejoice in the light your son brings. May all who listen be reinvigorated with hope and light and joy in Jesus Christ. And we ask this blessing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bishop Strickland, for your time, again, sharing the gospel and giving us your blessing. I want to recommend to people to listen to any of the other shows that we produce at Virgin Most Powerful Radio by going to vmpr.org, become a monthly supporter. The benefits are out of this world. And I also want to just thank all those who have been donating to Virgin Most Powerful. It gives us the opportunity to share the gospel in many powerful ways. May God richly bless you and your family, and hope to see you again next Tuesday, same time, same station. God love you and your family.